Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. I want you to turn with me to the book of Philippians, if you will. I'm going to introduce the book today. We're not going to go very far, but... The book of Philippians is called by many scholars Paul's very favorite, and I don't know about you, but I love the book of Philippians. Paul first visited Philippi in about AD 51, and then 10 years later, a whole lot of water had come under the bridge. About 10 years later, around 61 AD or thereabouts. From a Roman prison, he writes back to the Philippians, many, of, many, many believe, and I can't contradict this, that the Philippian church was his favorite. I don't know, but I wouldn't doubt it. They were very, very, they had a special relationship with the apostle and he with them. But you know, all of us are, um, when we hear the word Philippians, uh, we don't think about very much uh, about where that was and why that was. There were Roman colonies throughout Europe, and uh, Greece was certainly not exempt from that. And there were regions like Macedonia, etc. And there was a city in uh, that province that was under control of the Romans, but there were some Jewish women there, Sandra Joan, that were solid believers, and they would not go into the paganism of the Greek gods, nor to worship the emperor of Rome. And so they met, probably secretly, by a river. It was just a small band of them. And uh, by the way, I'm getting this from Acts 16. This is the background for the book of Philippians. I want you to go ahead and turn with me to Acts 16. I've got to show you something out of this that just makes my heart pound. Acts 16. This was Paul's first journey over there. Understand that regardless of the size of Philippi, there was a very small band of those who believed that is in the God of the Old Testament. In fact, we learn that a synagogue would have to be erected, Phil, where there were 10 male believers, and Acts 16 is going to show you that there wasn't even 10 male believers in Philippi. So here's my question to you. If you were going to start and define a church, what would it look like? And here's my answer to you. God does things that you can never, ever make sense of. He does things that are extraordinary, and he, 
Somebody needs to hear this today. You've been wondering, what, do I, what should I do about this or that? And every time you think about it, you think, there's no way I can get there from here. Yes, you can if God's in it. Yes, you can if God's in it. So here we see in uh, Acts 16, a, a, a pretty uh, amazing passage here. Uh, let's begin. Um, yeah, here we go. Let's begin there with verse 6. Now, when they, Paul and Silas, had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden. Listen to this, verse 6. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word. Has the Lord ever told you to keep your mouth shut when you had good motives and you wanted to help somebody? Now, you don't hear this, message, this passage preached very much. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in this place. I mean, you know, if God overrules you somewhere, he's opening a door for you somewhere else. And after verse 7, they had come to Mysia. Now, by the way, that Asia is not what we know as the Asian continent. That was an a, a area, a province a region of the Roman Empire there. Uh, and they had come to Mysia after they had. They tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Can anybody feel what I'm trying to say here? You ever tried to do something that you knew God, you thought God was in it, but everywhere you turned there was a closed door? How many of you know closed doors are not always closed times? So verse 8, so passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. Listen, this was the mighty man of God who was used to, to pen 12 or 13 books of the New Testament. He was a mightily called out, gifted man. But sometimes he tried to go somewhere and do certain things that the Spirit said, uh-uh. Sometimes people will try to talk you into doing something that the Holy Spirit says, uh-uh. You better listen to the Holy Spirit because he's the only one who's all wise. He knows all things. Paul and Silas could not figure this out in their own minds. So something amazing happened. They kept on going because the Lord wouldn't open the door. And by the way, how do you know when the Lord's trying to tell you not to go somewhere or do something? Well, sometimes it's that inner voice of the Holy Spirit who, is, who indwells every believer who, who withdraws your peace. When your peace is withdrawn, back up and say, God of peace, Holy Spirit of peace, what are you trying to tell me here? Take a step back. See what, see what the impression in your inner man is. Sometimes everything in the natural man looks like you ought to do something, but something in the inner man just restrains you from doing it. Learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's that inner voice that, that, uh, of restraint. Sometimes it's a withdrawal of peace. <clears throat> Sometimes it's through the, through the voice of somebody else. God can use anybody he pleases to speak the word of truth to you. Sometimes somebody else will have a word for you 
that it just resonates. It connects in your inner man as being the truth. Now, every voice you hear is not the truth. You do know that, right? And sometimes people who are well-meaning and sincere and even wonderful people will tell you things that are not exactly what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you right then. He's the Spirit of truth. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will work through the, the orchestration of external circumstances. So we've got the inner witness. We've got the absence or presence of peace. We've got the voices of, of, of others of faith. And sometimes the Lord just orchestrates circumstances. You, do you know what I mean by a closed door? You might be headed in a certain direction and wham, circumstances line up and you just, you just know right away, well, it's not that door I'm supposed to go through. So learn to listen to the voice of the Spirit. Notice what God did. He did something out of the ordinary. Verse 10. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul. You know what a vision is. You know what a dream is. A dream is something that speaks to you during, or you see visions of during your unconscious state of sleep. A vision is something that you are allowed into, a, a godly spiritual vision is something you're allowed into, and it's information and pictures that you are allowed to see, and you are conscious. That's the difference in a vision and a dream. Do you know that the Word of God says in Acts that God is going by the Holy Spirit to grant dreams and visions? Well, I don't know about that, Pastor. I that's a little weird for me. I didn't grow up that way. It don't matter how you grew up, do you believe the Word of God? God can use dreams and visions. If He chooses to, He can do it. He can do it. But you know, when you have dreams and visions, wisdom would say that you ought to bring them before, incur, a, a, a mature a, an inner circle of those you trust who have a track record of godliness and somebody who can be trusted to make sure they line up with the truth. Because God's never going to give you a dream or a vision that lines up against the Word of God. But why don't you go ahead and ask the Lord to give you dreams and visions to help you understand some things that God's trying to tell you. Why would you not do that? All right. So a vision, and there was in that vision, there was a man who said, Come over to Macedonia and help us. See that in verse 9? And after, they had, after he, Paul, had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia. Uh, listen, when we hear something that we knows from God, we ought to start acting on it. After he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Okay, not Asia Minor. Not Bithynia, not Troas, but to them, into the Macedonian province. And when they went to the Macedonian province, they came, first of all, to a city named Philippi, the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, which was a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. Notice that God didn't give Paul any more information right away. Has that ever happened to you? You feel like you're following the Lord, and all of a sudden it just seems like He's talking to you and giving you impressions and direction, and then all of a sudden, silence. 
That doesn't mean you haven't heard from the Lord. It means that God is orchestrating something in the natural that when you engage in your assignment, it's going to go a whole lot better because he's going before you. He's going before you. I said he's going before you. And on the Sabbath day, verse 13, they went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now understand, God's fixing to start a powerful, famous church with a little band of women. Is that what you do? Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. And she was a businesswoman, a seller of purple fabric from the city of Thyatira. So what you've got here, the leader of that group is a businesswoman who made her living in the world, a fabric seller, ran a business, and she worshiped God. That's all we know about her so far. But I love the middle of that verse, verse 14. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken to Paul. You've been praying for somebody a long time that you really would desire to come to the Lord or come back to the Lord. Why don't you take this verse and go to school on it and pray it like this. Lord, I ask you to open the heart of, fill in the blank, help them to see it, God. I can't do it in the night. Open their heart to see it. Open their heart to see it. Here's what I want to encourage all of you is, as part of this ministry, begin to pray for those for whom you're concerned. Pray that God would open their heart to see it. Because until the Spirit of God opens their heart to see it, you're beating your head against the wall. God, open my heart to see. Open their heart to see it. Well, the Lord opened her heart, she believed. She and her whole household, verse 15, were baptized and, and begged us, saying, if you've judged us to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And so Paul and Silas and their band stayed uh, with she and her family. And then, okay, so far so good, right? A little band of women who believe the Old Testament Scriptures, now the Spirit of God has opened their heart to see that Jesus is the Messiah. They believed and were baptized and were followers. Boy, the Spirit of God must have been working big time there. And then, you see what happened next? Somebody tried to interrupt the ministry of the Spirit. Hmm. Verse 16, there was, as they went to prayer... A certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us and she had brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. She was involved in human trafficking. There were guys in that, in that city who used her demonic possession to speak out things and tell people's fortunes, and they made money off of her. In verse 17, this girl followed Paul and us. Remember, Luke was the human author of the book of Acts. So Luke, Paul, and Silas, we know those three for sure. 
The girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. How many of you know God don't need the devil to market him? Amen. And when her master, and watch this, she did this for many days. Paul didn't have the unction from the Spirit for several days to address that demonic spirit. But when she did this for many days, Paul became greatly annoyed under the direction. Do you know you can get annoyed under the direction of the Holy Spirit? Look at Jesus in the temple, overthrowing the money chain. Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. What do you think those businessmen who were making money off this girl thought? Of course you know. They brought Paul and Silas and to the Roman officials. And I want you to notice something. Verse 22. The multitude, the multitude rose up together against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates tore off their clothes. That was an outward symbol of anger, rejection, and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. In verse 24, having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks, doubly secure. They were bleeding. They had wounds all over their body. They were placed, and their feet was placed in stocks. They couldn't move around. So verse 25, what'd they do? God, why did you lead us here for? We had it made. What happened to the revival? We got to get back to church. There are people getting saved. There is a thought that is not accurate by some in the body of Christ, and that is if you just believe and obey God, you'll never have any difficulty. You'll never have to suffer. Not true. I said not true. That's never promised. Can you imagine what they must have thought? But look at their response in verse 25. What'd they do? They started singing praises and worshiping. How long has it been since you had a major issue that you just broke down and started singing and praising and praying? Well, God must have really, the Spirit of God must have been attracted by that. <laughs> He must have been attracted by that singing and praising and praying during a time of suffering. Verse 26, suddenly there was great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Well, you know the story from here. I just want you to know the rest of the story. The jailer was saved dramatically. The Roman jailer. He took Paul and Silas to his home. All his household got saved. 
I can ask you something. Are you willing to go through the suffering of not understanding to bring more glory to your God? Something happens to you when you don't understand but trust anyway. Something happens to you when you're walking with the Lord and then all hell seems to break loose against you and you have to suffer even if for doing the righteous thing. God is very attracted to his men and women who are willing to keep on praising, keep on worshiping, keep on walking forward in faith. And I want to tell you, it sets you up to be trusted with miracles, signs, and wonders. Because now you can be entrusted with that kind of revelation. Amen. What a powerful thing. Okay, quickly to Philippians 1. And we're going to get through just the very first few verses. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ. You know what a bondservant was? A bondservant was somebody who'd been freed from slavery but chose to serve somebody anyway of their own free will. They weren't forced. They chose to. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ to all the saints. Pastor Jeremiah reminded us. Uh, two or three weeks ago that a saint in the Bible is just a true believer. It's not somebody in some elite status that people actually pray to. No, 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 no. You only pray to one one who is interceding for you in heaven. That's the Lord Jesus. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. The word for bishop there is episkopos. It's the same word as elder. What does an elder do? An elder is to support the pastor, the shepherd of the, of the flock, as, as somebody who helps oversee the spiritual welfare of the, of, the, of the sheep. We have learned to use the word bishop as somebody who is an overseer of overseers. Now, I was ordained as a bishop many years ago by a bishop, but it's somebody who oversees pastors and, and called out men and women in the Lord. It's a, it's a holy thing. It's a holy office. And if you're a called out person, you need to seek that. A lot of people have a train wreck because they don't have any covering of mature people in the Lord. And to the deacons, that is those who serve the functional part of the church, the body of Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making a request for you. And I know there are many who listen to us online. Can I ask you something? Are you connected to spiritual leadership who prays for you? If you're not, you, bet you, you need to get there. You know, I want to say to all of those whom the Lord has led, to come under the leadership of this ministry, you are prayed for diligently every day. Every day. That is not a yay me, that's a woe is me if I don't. It's a holy responsibility. You shouldn't be drumming up a fan club. 
All that's going to melt away when you see Jesus anyway. Did you know that? Our motives are going to be exposed. Always in every prayer making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And then he says this powerful verse that so many of us know. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ when there's not any more work to be done, when you are at home with him. He who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He's going to complete it, Kathy, Jim. He's going to complete it. He's going to complete it. He who has begun a good work will be faithful to complete it. He didn't get sidetracked. You may have, but he didn't. He will be faithful to complete the work that he has started in you. So some of you wonder why if I had to sit around so long, why doors don't open. God is faithful. He will be faithful to complete the work he has started in you. He is faithful. You need to give him thanks and praise for that, and you need to cooperate with him and submit to any leadership that he gives you, understanding that the process that you're in that you don't understand is part of a plan to, to carry you to a greater level of being able to be his witness and his testimony. Paul and Silas probably didn't understand when they were in jail beaten to a pulp what God was about to do. But I want, to, I want to ask you a question today. Are you willing to trust God when you don't understand him? Are you willing to trust God and stop believing that he's the one that's going to make everything okay? Are you willing to trust him if he says to you, I'm going to help you get okay as you walk through this turmoil? Because here's the last verse I want to share with you. And it is a powerful passage, verse 12. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me, he had been imprisoned in Rome. The things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Can you look back on some things that have happened to you and realize that the hand of your God was working something higher than just that ordinary circumstances, how difficult they were, God was working on something in you that was far greater than your temporary circumstances. God working on you. And the apostle said, my circumstances, he was actually chained to a Roman soldier in a, in a pity prison, have turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. He said, in fact, the whole Praetorian Guard, these Roman soldiers that are assigned to protect the emperor, they're hearing the gospel, and there's not a thing they can do about it because they're chained to me. Do you know that somebody is watching you today, somebody who knows how deeply you're hurting is watching you today to see how you're going to respond to your circumstances. And God is giving you an opportunity if you're suffering 
God has given you an opportunity to be light in this darkness. He's giving you an opportunity to say you can still trust Him. He's giving you an opportunity to be a propagator of the Word of God and the truth and the gospel of the Lord Jesus. God is giving you an opportunity right now in these difficult days to stay, say my circumstances have actually turned out for His glory and actually for my good. Paul was actually indeed miraculously released from that imprisonment and carried on more fruit of his ministry. If you're suffering today, I want you to understand God is giving you an opportunity to go deeper in your relationship, your walk, deeper in your intimacy with him to bear more fruit in your life. Because when I want to tell you something, when you meet Jesus, it's not going to be about where you lived, what you did, how much money you accumulated. It's going to be about were you faithful? Were you faithful? Were you faithful? What would your answer be to that today? Has your circumstances, have you cooperated with the Lord and are they turning out to spread the, the word of God? Stuff happens in this fallen world, doesn't it? Stuff happens in this fallen world. People are watching you. Many of you know Dean and I moved to Talladega County on the river. We sold out everything up here and moved down there. At this stage of our life, it was the right thing to do. Well, last Saturday, I didn't get to see you on Sunday, but last Saturday... I walked down to the beautiful shoreline and my seawall had caved into the river. Big portion of the yard, seawall that cost me a buck or two, Tom, caved into the river. Just falling in the river. I didn't break out into praise and rejoicing. Y'all pray for me. I got stuff I need, I, I need to grow. <laughs> when I walked back in the house and told Dina I didn't have a holy glow on me either. But the Spirit of God said to me, the way you respond to this, you're going to have an opportunity for some people who have seen this disappointment, this mess there are going to be some people who are going to see how you respond to this and determine some things about the Lord. Don't you just hate to hear that? <laughs> so, I've had fishermen come by and want to know, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The first words out of everybody's mouth when they come down there is, oh no. <laughs> this, and when you can get Alabama power to recognize that you have an emergency and cooperate with you, God is working for you. Can you say amen? 
And I love Alabama Power. They uh, gave my dad a job for 30 years. But I've had opportunities to see and talk to people that would have never come into my world. And every one of them are anxious to see, what's your attitude in this? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You may be like me. You may not get it right all the time. But God has given you an opportunity to share with somebody and how you handle things. Can you say with Paul, my circumstances have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel? Can you say that? If you'll submit it to him, you can say it. I want you to bow your heads with me. Lord, we need to hear from you. We need that special grace and ministry of the Holy Spirit for everyday life. Thank you, God, that even though we're not exempt from trials and tribulations and issues, you prevail. And because you prevail, if we'll trust you, we will prevail. I want to say to somebody today who has a diagnosis, you will prevail. Trust him. Let him work in the process. If you don't see an instant miracle, trust him in the process. He's working to bring himself glory. He's actually working for your good. Can you say, my circumstances have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel? here today needs to understand that the pain you're walking through was not caused by something that you did or didn't do. All pain for believers is not self-inflicted. There's pain that's brought on by others, by circumstances, by the enemy that's in this world. But there's one you can always trust who'll be your anchor, who'll be your rock, who'll tell you the truth in love, who'll break the grip of condemnation. He doesn't desire that for you. He'll help you. He'll walk you through this. You'll come out stronger with a, with a stronger testimony, bearing more fruit than ever before.
Just trust him. Just trust him. There's healing there. There's healing there. Somebody today has such an incredibly broken heart. Oh, the Holy Spirit of God. I ask you for the healing balm of the Spirit today. But the Lord Jesus, who was anointed to heal the brokenhearted, would you heal them right now? Heal them right now, Lord. Submit that pain to the Lord right now. Submit it to Him. Oh, Holy Spirit. Touch those who are crushed internally, Lord, and heal them. Grant it, Jesus. time in the Lord next week. I want you to join Dean and me and our staff in praying for a holy visitation from the Lord, a tangible expression in these services of the heart of God 
Ask Him to do great and mighty things. Join us. Would you pray that every day? And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.